to 9-11, the California wildfires, and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. You know him? To be honest with you, Fitz, this letter will not change a lot for me. You love her. There's no simple solution how to move forward. You mentioned if you could go back in time. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, R. Spain and Fitz. We're back. He's not going to feel it the same way. It's like a hardened or a West. Today is a dark, dark day for the New York Knicks. He's allowed to benefit from the hype of us promoting him to MVP level. And they let him go for nothing. Spain and Fitz returns weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. 800-998-1003 is the phone number to chime into the conversation. Got a question of the day that's a bit interesting. Uh, it's about head coach Sean Payton. I'll touch on that here as well. We've talked Saints. The injury report was out yesterday. Taysom Hill, one of six Saints players that did not practice. Two other players among the six are of the um, starting five offensive lines. Ron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek. Saints at Philly, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. In the game. Also began our conversation about the Pelicans losing at Miami 113-98. A fantastic first quarter. Lost the second quarter, still let it have. Then the third quarter and fourth quarter hit. I promised we would play a lot of what Josh Hart had to say. And it actually, I, I don't know if it consoles me a, a bit, but I, I at least know that they know what's going on. Now we just got to fix it, right? At least you know what the problem is, and at least it comes across as they care, and it matters. Which is different from what I figured and felt a lot of times, Pels fans as well, the last couple of seasons. Remember, we would always say, like, can somebody throw a chair? Can somebody actually look like they're upset? So, I'm going to play all of that coming up here. In the next 25 minutes or so, next guest will be 130 Ben Heisler, fantasy football questions. So if you have any, feel free to do that as well. But again, you're going to want to hear what Josh Hart and, and in particular had to say. We have to grow up. I mean, with two and 14, we got to play like we're desperate to win. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're not doing that. All right. So I'm going to play that coming up next segment, but I want to start off with head coach Sean Payton. He was on Dan Patrick. The national show. And you remember after the game, Amy kind of took a little, uh, I guess it bothered her as well. Catherine Terrell asked about the roughing the passer penalty. And Sean was short, I, I guess is the way you could look at it. Um, 
if you remember after the game. No explanation. So, there wasn't an explanation. What do you want me to say? You want my opinion on it? No, no opinion on it. Next question. All right, so he had no opinion on it Sunday. Today, a little different. I would say, generally speaking, you know, there's that 24-hour, maybe a little bit longer, um, maybe a day and a half or so, uh, depending. Uh, this this one this past weekend, um, I don't know that I'll ever get over it. You, you know, in other words, just the the way the way the game unfolded, how we wanted to play it, and then, you know, to have some of the things take place that took place, um, uh, it's just – it's tough. It's tough because you, you dive into a week with, you know, your total preparation. And, and I think, um, man, I think we just, in, in a lot of ways, uh, it, it, we've seen it happen each weekend with the officiating. And, and it, it, that's the that's the hardest thing to get past is, you know, when, when they're not up to speed maybe or, 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 or it happened to the Bears, you know, a week, a week and a half ago. Yeah, and I don't know if you've watched yourself on the sidelines, the reaction in that game, but if they were thought bubbles, I'd love to know what you were thinking. I think, though, look, I honestly, I can recall a little bit of it, and I think in, in you know, back at 10 years ago, I'd have been, I think it was, I was, I may have been thinking that, but I was, I think, a little bit calmer. And just, I hate getting to the point where it's expected. We're like, you're numb. And, but those kind of things can't happen. It, you know, I mean, they just, and, and, and I look at that more, uh, from an overall leadership perspective and training perspective. And like that, those problems start at the top, not at the individual crews. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know somehow we got to reduce the variables. But can you talk to the league about that? Do you, do they let let you have a voice? Um, yeah, look, I was part of the competition committee for a while, and uh, and so it's just it's it's something that I, I know uh, other head coaches and general managers. I know most in this profession. Uh, believe in certain things and to, to help that change. And I look, I know there's a, a number of people in our positions that believe these guys should be full-time. I mean, I, that they should be coming back Monday in, in, in centralized locations. How are 17 crews ever going to be on the same page when, um, when there's a conference call or a zoom call and then, you know, that, but that's for that's for another day right now. But coach, you know the stakes are too high. You know with what's going on with gambling. I mean this is big business. We know that um, the NFL yeah. can afford yeah. full time officials. Uh, listen, I would agree with you. I but would agree with you. Don't you want to say to the betting public, we we, you know, we're taking this seriously. We have to. We have to improve. Yes. Like we have to. And, and look, everyone, everyone watching and participating and, and involved in it deserves better. Can't really disagree with a lot of what he said there, right? And some of the response on Twitter, again, it's our question of the day. Corey, losing Sean should focus more on better play calls and time management at the end of games. Corey, I don't think he was complaining specifically that he thinks that that's what jobbed him or 
you know, rob the team of victory. And of course, he'd be the first one to tell you that certain play calls, his performance of the team, staying on sides, not dropping a kick. Yes, missing extra point. All of that adds to it. I think what he's sort of saying, though, is not just that game, his team, league-wise. You're watching games unfold, and it's being determined to an extent by absolutely just poor officiating. And you just have to wonder, and you can kind of hear him trying to sidestep and not kind of go at it, because this isn't isn't just the Zebras, right? The Zebras are told, and that's why you heard him say this is a leadership thing. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? He didn't completely throw the officials on the bus. He said, look, those guys got to be better. You got to have accountability. Everybody that watches games always says this, right, about the NFL. You would, they should be full-time officials. And then with that, what? Media members say this all the time. If a coach and a player have to, like you're fined by the league if you don't speak after the game. You have to be made available. The coach and players. Open locker room. What The works, right? Like, that's per the NFL. And I think what Sean's going there is, why is that not the same for the officials? There should be accountability. Right? If a coach doesn't win or makes boneheaded calls, we call for his job and it tends to happen. If the performance continues. If a player cannot do his job, something happens. Either he doesn't see as many snaps, he's released, traded, benched. In, in sports, and in the NFL in particular, you mention it. Fine. Now I know the NBA fines as well. At the very least, they, you know, I forgot what is it they call it, the 10 minute report or whatever it is that they send the next day, the my bad report of the missed calls they at least do that i don't know if the nfl does does the nfl release publicly they may tell the teams they may tell they may tell the team if you submit something you're right but i think the is the nba the only league that actually puts out a report that publicly says yes uh official kleber blew it i think so the point is this and that's why you heard dan sort of say it they can afford it if you make them, maybe that's why you don't, or they haven't made them full-time. Because I think if you do, then there's no excuse as to why they shouldn't be held accountable. And again, you never want to say the official lost us the game. But at the same time, that official that didn't throw the flag for pass interference should absolutely have to feel the pressure and the heat of going to the podium just like a coach when you're asked, why didn't you go for it? Why did you run and not pass? Quarterback. How does it, I mean, rough day today with your four interceptions. I mean, don't you think that's just fair? And at the same time, there's a lot of belief that if it is full time, see, now here's my thing. And I don't agree fully with this statement. That if the officials are full-time, then you'd have better officiating. The reason why I don't agree with that to an extent is this. You either know the call or you don't. You understand what I'm saying? 
Like, you either know the call or you don't. Now, I understand a lot of that argument is, well, Monday through Friday, they can watch film and get better and understand it. What, can you not do that? With today's technology, there's, I don't need to be at a certain spot. I hear what Sean is saying. A centralized location and all that, that's hard to do unless you have a crew that travels together the entire time and stays together. Not, now you're asking, how do you do that with families? Right? I mean, the Saints stay together because everyone lives in New Orleans. So are you going to get a crew maybe from every city? Is that what you do? 32 crews? Do you do that? Like, they're based in New Orleans. That that crew is just, they live in New Orleans. They live in Atlanta. They live in Miami. That's just kind of hard to maybe try to do from that perspective. But my point is this. They either know what holding is or don't. Like, how getting together every day, Monday through Friday, will that improve whether or not you know holding or not? Or pass interference? The reason I'm saying this is because of what I think Sean was kind of intimating there as well. When he says at the top, the leadership, they're being told by the NFL. We have to focus on player safety. So uh, anything around the helmet, that's a flag. Who's getting the biggest paychecks? Quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, man. Head of officiating. Check this out. So sneezing on a quarterback. I think that's roughing the passer. What do you think? That that We're going to focus on that this year. I mean, that, that that's what I'm saying. Like. Every year at training camp, when the officials first arrive, they, they do a, you know, a clinic or whatever it is that they call them. The word's escaping my mind right now. They do it for the local media and they do it for the teams. They meet with the teams. They go over the emphasis, the rules they're going to emphasize this year. They go over any changes in rules this year. They do that for every team. And they actually do that for the local media during training camp. You're welcome to it. They actually have a video. They show a clip. This is taunting. We're focusing on That's what Sean is saying. Yes, part of the problem is you have bums. You have people that don't know what to call or don't know what a call is. But I think part of that reason is the rules keep changing. The rules keep changing or they're being told, emphasize this. And then it leads to interpretation. Buddy, Jordan, and myself all work together. We all may have different viewpoints or understandings of blow to the head. I may think it's touching the helmet. Buddy may think, well, did the head come off? Was it still on? Because I played football back in the day. Is it? Is it good? Is the helmet still on? We're good. Jordan may say, well, does the helmet move? Like, does it have like that Aaron Rodgers picture, right? Where you see his chin and his, his nose and the, the chin straps where his eyeballs are. Like, do we see that? That's a flag. And then I'm like, no, nah, man, I, you know, anywhere around the helmet, I'm going to go with intent, right? Which was the passive, the, the roughing the passer that the Saints got. That, that's not roughing the passer. But what is roughing the passer? You have, Five different officials probably will tell you differently. That's what I think Sean was saying there. More than anything else. Right? It starts at the top of the leadership. The NFL is asking you to do this. They're telling you to do this. That's why they're quiet about all this. Hmm? Crazy. This just in, by the way. Nothing like Steve Sarkeesian in his first years. We go to break being told by the school at practice today. He has the full support of the school. (laughs) 
I'm telling you, man, you're signing up. If it's Luca Fickle, if it's, you know, Lincoln Riley, reportedly, so many rumors out there that LSU has offered eight years, 12 million per to, to leave Norman to come over here, man. It, that, that, that's what you're signing up for. That is what you're signing up for. <laughs> Sarkeesian hadn't even had a full season in Austin. We have your full support. Ish. All right. Yeah, exactly, Corey. <laughs> Texting me. Texas is back. That's unbelievable. Seriously. Oh, by the way, it's not good enough for Virginia Tech. Not... What is good enough, by the way? This just in, not everybody is Nick Saban in Alabama. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Uh, where are we? Time for the break. When we come back, we'll hear a few more from Sean and uh, the Dan Patrick Show. And we'll touch on Josh Hart as well as promised. Bottom of the hour, Ben Heisler. Any fantasy football questions? Bring it on. Not to me. I'm terrible. He is the fantasy and gambling expert, so we'll do that with him. It's the Sports Hangover on your home. For Pelicans Basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Take a load off, Benny. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Benny. And you put the load right on me. Have you heard about the Camellia Bay Resort? That casino in Slidell? Well, it's it's really more of a resort, you know? Like they have in Biloxi or Lobert's in Lake Charles and Baton Rouge. So what happened when they opened? Oh, that's in the report that St. Tammany's Economic Development Agency just released. It's nearly 200 pages, seven chapters. Jeez. I know, right? But the numbers are impressive. Says here that resort communities like Camellia Bay, they do pretty well when they open. Really? Yeah, and Biloxi, like Charles and Baton Rouge. Look at these facts. Unemployment down as much as 40%. Wages grew a third. And home values up 20% and more. When the economy booms. Yep, crime goes down. Crime dropped 16% in Baton Rouge and 24% in Biloxi and Lake Charles. Looks like Camellia Bay could do that for Slidell. Yeah, and then the North Shore wins. Download the research and see the facts for yourself. TheNorthShoreWinds.com. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. How about we yep. talk about your yep. team? How's your team doing, Coach, going into this game again? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to come on the Dan Patrick Show and for a brief moment via telephone 
feel like I made him like awkward or uncomfortable, and I just felt like I did that. So team's doing good. We're yeah. banged up a little bit. We yep. go to Philly. Um, <laughs> we do have this unique Thursday, not Thursday night game, but it's it's unusual. We play Thursday night Thanksgiving, and then we flip around and play again home Thursday versus the Cowboys. So so we're going to see the Eagles, and we're going to see the Bills, and we're going to see the Cowboys, um, and. I don't know if that's like what three games in however many days, but uh, so I think part of his being the head coach is just being smart relative to how much time we're on our feet and how to manage the practice schedule, those type of things. Sean just yucking it up on the Dan Patrick. <laughs> you know, local reporters like, where's that guy? Um, all right, so he was asked a couple of other interesting tidbits about players that, you know, perhaps Saints could have got. Yes, he had asked. Ask, Jesus, Pete. Ask about Patrick Mahomes. Like when I you think don't if, get him at that time. At the time, at the time, basically, you have a small bubble there. We're picking eleven, and so this is, I think, what happens in a lot of draft rooms. You have, yeah, you have to have at least as many players in the bubble as there are picks, or you, or you don't have a pick. Like you, you have to like. And I knew it was Lattimore and Mahomes in this cloud. And there were three picks left before it was our pick. So you're getting to a spot where when there's two picks left and you have two and you're getting one of your guys. And so Lattimore, we didn't think was going to be available. And here was the, 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 the question in a nutshell. It was help your team now with the corner while you have Drew or help your team long-term with, with the uh, quarterback. And we were, we were, once pick nine was made, we knew we had one of the two, one of the two choices. And I don't know if pick 10 was someone else, what we would have done at 11. We were discussing, you know, back and forth about the QB in the corner. Mm. And then, so at the time when something like that happens, there are times where you're just like, uh, you had one guy, someone stepped up, took your guy, and you just you're, you're dejected, or you know I've seen that happen. But I think the, the feeling was when Andy, when the Chiefs went to ten, I knew right away it was going to be for Patrick, <laughs> and then we knew we were getting Lattimore. Yeah. So there there, there wasn't a room of like. Dejection, or it was it was kind of high fives. Like, man, we just we had no idea. We thought this corner would slip, and he ended up being the rookie of the year. But it's funny how those things can happen, you know. And in, in after working him out in in uh, in college, we like we crept out of town. We got on the owner's plane. We didn't take let anyone see us. It was a private workout. Uh, it was it was that it was that good. Ooh, I'm uh, talking about Patrick. Yeah. What do you think of that? Look at that, being all sneaky, clandestine, huh? You know what? Have, uh, hearing him go back to that draft and say they're all high-fiving. I'm playing the sounder. That's what we need in the draft room this coming April. That's how I want to feel whether or not we draft either a very good receiver or the next best receiver in this team. How about that? How about whoever they pick, wherever they pick, this upcoming April? 
2022. I want high fives all the way around. And a first-round pick that plays in his first year. <sighs> I guess technically Peyton Turner has played. You know what I'm saying? If it's not receiver, <laughs> the fan base will lose it. Absolutely lose it. Okay, another one. How close were the Saints to landing OBJ? Uh, um, I thought, look, we had good conversations. He's from here. I, I thought only he could answer that, but I thought uh, I felt real positive. I, you're in the middle of game week, so you're preparing for another game, and look, if he's truly interested in coming, here's our pitch. Here's what we think. Here, you know, and then at that point, you know, he can sort through that. And we had several conversations. I, I would say close. I, the question would be: I all along, if LA had, had an opportunity, I knew that's where he was going to go. And I don't think Los Angeles really was an option until like maybe middle of the process. Um. Yeah, I, I would say fairly close, but. I think only he would be able to answer that. I wonder if Drew Brees was still your quarterback. Would you have? Would you have landed him? I think. I think L.A. I'm meaning that, that sometimes oh, it didn't matter. it's just an area. Okay. okay. I, I think. It, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, I, I was just wondering about that. That you know, you could have him come back home, and he can be the featured wide receiver. Like, I don't know what you, is this like your recruiting pitch. As if you were a college coach when you're trying to get somebody. Well, I, I think in a, in a in a very small like micro, I mean, just in a very small, quick, two day process. I think this ultimately, and I can re, you know, in recruiting, for instance, there are certain bullet point things that you need. To, who are the decision makers? What's most important? And I think LA was important more than I think Los Angeles was important for him and. and and I think that I get it. There you go. It's about other things as well. And look, he has every right to do that. That's where he wants to go, and that's where he wants to be, which is why I'm okay with how the Saints and Sean Payne has approached last couple of months in trying to get players and recruit or look into trades or you know, make inquiries and calls about either receivers or quarterback like Teddy Two Gloves and things. Inquire if it fits your price, your vision, great. If it means overextending or giving up too much, we'll see you next offseason. Again, this is a year where you just let's see what you got, what you can do. What are the pieces you need to reopen another, you know, window, quote unquote. That's how I'm honestly feeling. You still don't know your quarterback. You know you need a receiver. I mean, you know. You know you have to address that high in the draft next year. I'm probably thinking O-line as well, to be honest. Like immediately, just coming to the top of my head, O-line. I don't know. And again, I'm not saying, but are you comfy with Pete's injuries are you Armstead? A new deal's up there. Ruiz. I know where I'm comfy with Ryan Ramchak. I just so I could see O line. 
after receiver. And quite honestly, I mean, unless you're hoping, and again, maybe that's the vision in future. Peyton Turner on one side, Marcus Davenport on the other. No disrespect. The man has earned tons of respect. He's done a ton. He's an all-pro. But Cam Jordan doesn't impact the game like he used to. Gosh, he's getting double-teamed. He's always been double-teamed. It's father time. He's undefeated. He, he just doesn't impact the game like he used to. That's all. And something wrong with that. It's just, but you have to know that, right? I'm saying he still can't make a play, but he he used to be the guy on defense that did that, right? So at some point, Turner or Davenport have to be that guy from the rushing standpoint. But that's how you're looking at it. So I'm okay with how Coach Payton did that. And I like what he said there. Look, I'm not going to oversell you. You know, I'm not going to overthrow money or overpromise this man. And again, he focuses on what's important to that player. To that player, yes, a chance to win and an environment. He likes that kind of stuff, man. And that's fine. Some people are. My wife, my sister love New York City. I can't wait to get in and out of there. It's, it's a, it's a nice place to visit. Like I could never live in New York. My wife, screams all the time she'd love to live in new york not a shot i like a yard i like the grill i like grass i like trees i i the people thing i it's okay in certain things i like my space that that's me my sister loves all that i I, great fantastic it's a different people different things right one more because why not he was asked why are the saints so good in particular him against Tom Brady. I look. I I think this. I, number one, I think we have a good defense. But you know what I mean. I, I think, and, and if you have a good defense, then I think then, um, you know, that's part of it. It's a hard fought game. We unfortunately we weren't in the playoff game, and I, I think there are a lot of things that go into winning. And if you're playing him and you're turning the ball over at midfield, you're going to pay. If you're playing him and you're not capitalizing, you know, like almost like there's not going to be these errors that sometimes you get when you're playing another player at that position. And certainly, the, you know, a player that that our league's never seen at that position. So your margin for error has to be sharp. And, and I think defense, you have to have a good defense. I mean, I think that, look, if you go back and, re- and remember the Tampa game in New England and it was the return and the rebirth and holy cow. All right. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable the the, the, the media attention to that game and man, New England has got a good defense and that game was, I think down to the you know final score yeah. with a rookie quarterback. And so, I do think it starts with, a, you know, obviously a good defensive plan and understanding maybe some of the basic principles of how to win and not how to lose. So you go. Head coach Sean Payton on the Dan Patrick Show, uh, very open and honest about a lot of different aspects of it. He's still um, still yet to play what his thoughts on the taunting rule are, and I will play that when we come back. But Ben Heisler is up now. Any fantasy football questions? Jack, if you're listening, you know the line. 800-998-1003. If you have any fantasy football questions, now's the time. Ben Heisler next on ESPN New Orleans.
El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire talent for your team, especially if you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. But ZipRecruiter gives you the edge. Next key marketing manager, Aaron Harji, loves ZipRecruiter invite to apply. She says they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates and I invite them to apply to my job. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-R-T to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BART. Welcome to a place where everyone deserves to be better protected, where technology has your back, where you can have better protection and keep more money in your pocket, where you can have protection for your car, your home, your phone, and even your digital identity. Welcome to a place where your entire life can be better protected. You're in good hands with Allstate. Allstate and affiliates offer products and services subject to availability, terms, and conditions. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. Jack on the on-deck circle, but we welcome in Mr. Ben Heisler, gambling fantasy expert, sir. Excited. How are you, Ben? What's going on, Gus? Happy Thursday, buddy. How are you? Happy Thursday, a week from today, Turkey Day. Sir, Um, let's just get right to it. It, it, it it's that time. It's getting closer to playoffs. Every game, every win, every start matters. Am I starting to look at road games or road teams in my matchups as possibly how I start players? Because road teams are doing well. Road teams are doing really well. Road teams and road underdogs in particular have done really, really well this year. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I still think at some point you're going to want to find – ideal matchups uh that's really what it comes down to it's less about road and home splits uh it's less about whether or not they're playing in the early games or the late games it's a truly about what team matches up well with the other uh, I, I still think you're looking for an ideal schedule so uh if your league has not put together trade deadlines as of yet uh, go look for guys that had advantageous schedules uh you know javante williams with denver slowly starting to get more carries from melvin gordon He's still flying under the radar. That's a great guy to go ahead and try and trade for with a very easy schedule down the stretch of the season. Um, you know, I, the Philadelphia Eagles have the New York Giants twice, the Washington football team twice uh, from weeks 12 through 17. Like That's a very advantageous schedule for Miles Sanders if you want to buy low. Maybe get on board with Devontae Smith. Um, I don't think anyone's going to trade Jalen Hurts because he's been a really solid fantasy quarterback, but those are – those are what you should be looking for, the teams and players with ideal matchups with a very playoff-friendly schedule come weeks you know, 14 through 17 this year. 
Jack, thank you for calling the show, sir. You and Ben Heisler, how are you? Good, a- good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, gosh, it's, am- it's amazing how Sean's attitude changes with the national media as opposed to the low- the guys who are there every day. But, <laughs> Ben, um, my, qu- my question for you is um, Dante Foreman. How do you feel about him in, in 12-team leagues for the rest of the year, and specifically – for DFS this year, uh, this week, because he's going to be really cheap and, and he's playing the team that drafted him. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good afternoon. Yeah, that's a solid call, Jack. A nice little revenge game narrative, but I, I think for Tennessee, um, it, it sets up well. Houston's been one of the bottom five teams against stopping the run this year. It's tight. They're double-digit favorites. Uh, everything sets up very well, but I, I still think they like Adrian Peterson. And I know that Foreman is a name that's come on strong, but I don't think he's done enough to really take the job away from AP. And every time he gets towards the goal line, it's Peterson that are, that's getting the opportunity to score points. So, yeah, he's 4,900 this week at DraftKings. I, I think that's probably still a tad bit too high for me. If you want to bank on the upside and hope that they just give him the rock, you know, 20 times, then yeah, absolutely it could pay off. But he's just not somebody that I trust right now. I think there's better value on the board. 800-998-1003 if you'd like to ask a question. Saul via Twitter. See if I can understand this. I see you. Saul, I think maybe part of your message is, I always say is one receiver, two tight end, three all linemen, four free safety, or five running back. I don't know what you're asking. Yeah, this, this is still like a talk. <laughs> I don't like, really know what you're asking there. too much. This yeah. Is too much. Um, shoot, shoot me a tweet. Shoot me a tweet, so I'll try to help you out. R.E. on Twitter. Should he bet the house on the Eagles this week? You know what's crazy? Uh, I, I've been on the wrong side, apparently, because I like the Saints in this game. I, I like how they fought back the last couple of weeks. I like that they're starting to make some strides in getting the ball downfield. Uh, I, I think Philadelphia is still one of those teams that they, they run well. Um, and the Saints have had some issues every so often in stopping the run, but the Saints are the better team, and I don't think it's going to really matter that mm-hmm. they're playing in Philadelphia. The Eagles haven't had much of a home field advantage so far this year, but you know the the line has moved from a pick'em to the Eagles minus two throughout the week. We'll see whether or not that line goes any higher. So no, I, I would not bet the house on the Eagles. I, I still think you're looking at a Saints team uh, that is a lot more desperate than Philadelphia at this point. I heard just talking about the, the Eagles have a very easy schedule from weeks 12 through 17. Even if they lose this game to the Saints, uh, they still have a good opportunity to make a postseason run with some of the bumps that they're playing down the stretch. So I, I think the Saints can hold on. I, I, I like them to upset on the road this week. I'm still not over a loss two weeks ago to the Atlanta Falcons. They're at home tonight. Thursday night football as the new week starts. They host the Patriots this week on ESPN. The morning shows get up, NFL, whatever it's called. Like, Matt Jones apparently, like, there literally was a question, how many Super Bowls are Matt Jones and Bill Belichick winning? I'm like, let's breathe for a second. I mean, we haven't, we haven't played a season yet. That said, I'd like them to go to seven and four today. They're six and a half point favorite fantasy matchups. And what do you think on the game? Yeah, I, I actually think the Falcons will keep it interesting. This feels like a very ideal time to go ahead and fade Mac Jones while everybody is on board. You know how I feel about that, Gus. If everybody is on one side, I think it's advantageous for someone mm. else to go and take the other side. Remember, you, well, you typically want to fade the public here, and the line has already started to creep up. It wouldn't surprise me. that Some books already have this 
um, at, at minus seven. I, I think with enough public money likely coming in on New England tonight that you're going to see a move towards maybe even seven and a half. And if that's the number that it gets to, I know the Patriots have won four in a row. I know that, that Mac Jones has looked really efficient. He's made some great throws. But, you know, the Falcons have showed up this year every so often. And I think this is one of the times, especially coming off a terrible loss uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, that I think they can hang around. Now, it's still New England. And it's still Atlanta. You can throw in whatever narrative you want. Um, but I, I do think this is a matchup where you'll see Matt Ryan throw for a couple touchdowns. One of my favorite bets that I talked about on our podcast, Bet and Breakfast, earlier mm-hmm. today is Matt Ryan over one and a half touchdowns at plus 135 odds, meaning a $100 bet mm. would win you $135 back. Um, I, I just think the Falcons offense is going to play better this week, uh, just in light of, of the fact that they need to be efficient and stay on the field against New England. Otherwise, if Ryan is just throwing ducks, uh, it's going to be a long night. I, I think they're going to try and do whatever they can to keep that Patriots defense on the field for a long time, tire them out, run the football, and keep this thing close. Ben, they looked like the greatest show on turf two weeks ago. Defense couldn't stop them. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get over it. I promise I will. Um, Dr. Drip on Twitter. What are your thoughts, Ben, on bonus points after 100 yards and whatnot? Oh, I'm a fan. I, I think it's a nice way to reward solid, stable performances. Uh, um, you know, like if you're in, in some daily leagues that you play and they have a, a bonus for 300-plus yards from a quarterback, 100-plus yards for a running back or a wide receiver. Um, There's still statistical groups that people discuss and talk about. It, it's not anything substantial. It's maybe you know two points here or three points here. It's not going to be the direct result of anybody typically winning, but it does make a difference. So I have no problem with that. I, I think it's rewarding a player for, for hitting a solid milestone in a game and that's what you're looking for in fantasy you're looking for key stats to be able to drive your opponent mm-hmm. and move in your move in the right direction so i got no problem with it whatsoever ben Saul has chimed in i just read it poorly because i was asking what are the draft needs for the saints and that's what he said receiver one tight end two offensive line free safety and running back five but he does have a fantasy question for you uh kyler being back the stardom Hmm. I I think if he is back and he is cleared to play, um, yeah, you, you have to start him. Murray's been a really solid fantasy quarterback throughout much of the season. He's not running as much, which I think has been disappointing to some people. He always, his game high in rushing yards this year has been 39 against the Rams, but he'll still scamper off. He'll still make plays when he needs to. Uh, and even though that loss to the Packers was a bit disappointing, no touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, the previous games, he had seven touchdowns and just one interception. So this is still somebody uh, that was making a name for himself in the MVP discussion. And I think he'll be very intrigued to get himself back, mm-hmm. considering that really no quarterback the last couple of weeks, whenever they've been the front runner, Gus, has taken advantage of the situation. They continue to just push themselves further and further away with bad loss. So I think Kyler Murray has a great opportunity here to get in while the MVP race is still available and try and solidify himself but the Cardinals continuing to play pretty good football with the exception of last week. All right. So also contributing, he needs to start one of the following in a flex position, Elijah Moore, the unstoppable Cordero Patterson or Damian Harris. Boy, Damian Harris is a, a really nice matchup this week. Although you can make an argument that we'll see whether or not, you know, Ramondre Stevenson is going to start to get involved in the mix as well. Harris is also questionable, uh, which, which draws things, uh, I think a little bit more tougher. I, I think, 
when it comes to actual opportunities, uh, Patterson's going to get fed the ball. He's going to catch passes. He's going to run. Um, he still is somebody that is a key component in this offense. Uh, and with the exception of the game against Dallas, they were talking about somebody that had you know, almost 23 fantasy points in the game against the Saints, had just over 18 in the loss against Carolina. Uh, he's had double-digit fantasy points up until last week in six, in, excuse me, in seven consecutive games. So I'm not going away from Cordero Patterson. I think they need him to be successful tonight. And finally, he asks, um, when should he drop Jarvis Landry? Ooh, I think you're probably getting pretty close, right? I mean, wow. Landry is always one of those guys that you draft in like the seventh or the eighth round because of stability. He's going to see a lot of targets. Um, you know, he's going to be able, especially in a points per reception league, uh, just get you anywhere between, you know, 10 and 15 points every week. And that hasn't really happened as of late, especially uh, with Mayfield's struggles, his injuries. Uh, you know, he had 10 and 8 targets against the Steelers and Broncos, and then he's only had 10 over the last two weeks uh, for a combined 37 yards on seven catches. Like, this is kind of what Jarvis Landry is now. I think if there's more upside plays available, especially a wide receiver that's looking at an advantageous matchup come fantasy playoff season, then, yeah, you can absolutely cut ties with Landry. If you want to go ahead and, and wait one more week while the Browns get to host the Lions, I, I think this is probably the ending point. If he doesn't have a solid game against Detroit, then absolutely you can cut ties with them. And finally, Ben Heisler um, on Twitter just now. Rob Manfred apparently is having a, um, a presser or something. He's quoted as saying, an offseason lockout that moves the process forward is different than a labor dispute that costs games. You know when the Cubs can't lose, Ben? When they don't play a game. How about that? Huh? Can't lose if there's no games. Ben, tell everybody what's yeah. over there at bedside. I, I, I mean, clearly just that type of philosophy yes. that you just yeah. mentioned, guys. I mean, that's that's what we're all about. That's it. Uh, we, we do have plenty of, uh, of Thursday night content for tonight between the Patriots and the Falcons if you're looking for a same-game parlay or your favorite prop bets or just looking for picks on the game. Uh, we'll have plenty for the NFL schedule. I mentioned that uh, the Saints were one of my early leads of the week. I uh, wrote up an article about them over at Bedside of this week as well. So whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, you got college basketball, NBA, and NHL in action. I, I'd like to see the Pelicans start to win a game. That, that would be nice. They've, they've, been, they've been rough against the spread, and, and mm. this is a team that uh, I actually kind of felt halfway decent about uh, in the early process of their rebuild. That has not happened. So we'll... We're looking for any sort of an angle when it comes to sports betting. We have you covered at fansided.com slash betsided. And that's why you know I'm in such a great place. A two-win Pels team, Cubs, <laughs> two losses in a row for the Saints. Our pet just... heads are falling off. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's... <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Thank you, Ben, as always, for your time. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a great one, guys. At Benny Heiss, H-E-I-S, the way to follow over on Twitter. Quick break, Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns. He is up next on ESPN New Orleans.
aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Tractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Tractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Tractor at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet for retail business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. Always on the run and short on cash? With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent researcher. Come on, citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Mr. Jay Walker, an absolute pleasure, sir. Voice of the Asian Cajuns. Got to see him last Friday. Sir, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are the cracklings? Uh, I still have a few pieces, but they kept me company on my way to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> and they, 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 I've been munching on them. Look, you put them in a Ziploc, you, you seal it tight, and, and they're still absolutely fresh and delicious. So thank you for doing that. Also, it was nice, man, uh, checking you guys out there on the hardwood, taking on Southern Miss. And one of the things that really stood out to me was not only the size on your team, which you, you kind of mentioned when you talked to us last Thursday, but also somewhat of the poise there. Southern Miss kind of went on a little run to try to make it close. And then you guys almost relied on a freshman. I kept calling him Draymond Green. Um, and I was surprised, um, I'm trying to think of his kid, um, out of Brooklyn. Um, and, and I'm sitting there going, that kid was just, he's big. He was kind of telling everybody sort of what to do. And I was just shocked that he was a freshman. Well, you know, They've got uh, Isaiah Richards. They got Isaiah little, Richards. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Isaiah Richards. You know, he's a second year freshman. He played for the okay. Cajuns last year. He's out of the Bronx, New York, and he um, he he went to a prep school in Massachusetts. Uh, and and you know he he comes off the bench. And at the same time, if you ever watch him, you know, on the sidelines during timeouts and stuff, you know, he's he's not afraid to go talk to guys if he doesn't think the guys are playing well. And of course, he's 6'10", 
10. So Going in and out with Jay Walker there. Buddy, do you want to see if we can call him right back? Let's give him a call right back and see if we can get a better connection there. But, yeah, he's talking about Isaiah Richards. And 6'10", 225, I'm telling you, I just – they kept – reminded me of Draymond. I don't know why I kept saying that, but actually I do. Very talkative on the court, directing players one way or shape or form, um, emotionally engaging with the Southern Miss players and also kind of maybe getting on their skin a little bit. But, you know, just that that guy that a play has made, a, a rebound or another effort, or, you know, you, you got the two-hand hard clap or something of that nature. I just really stood out to me. Um in calling that game last Friday. So continue to try to get the voice of the Cajuns on here in a quick second because on the football side, uh, they got a pretty big game here as well. Jay, I was just saying with Richards, but one of the reasons I kept thinking that he was like a Draymond Green to me was just, you know, the, the clapping, the kind of verbal going back and forth with the other team. And then he, I, what, what stood out, he took himself out of the game when he kind of got into a, a shouting match where there's some technicals called or a foul was called. And he went to the coach and he, he said, just take me out to defuse the situation. And he came back in. That, that just, that's, that's, that's basketball IQ, I think. Uh oh. <laughs> we can't get, Jay's in the car. So obviously trying to get a connection here with him as, uh, we wanted to talk to him about the football game that is coming up for them as well as UL, as we talked with head coach Billy Napier earlier. In the week, specifically about this game against Liberty. You know, I, I spoke with um, Scott Prather earlier this morning on his show on ESPN Lafayette. And he said, you know, there, there are some fans over there that sort of look at it as hoping that a team in the Cajuns doesn't look at Liberty as, you know, kind of, oh, it's them. And who are they? It's, it's a non-conference game, whatever. You know, again, we've been talking about Malik Willis is a quarterback that's probably going to go first or second in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL draft upcoming. So it's a pretty big game. And also, as we um, get get Jay back here, Jay, I'm talking about the, the game against Liberty here. It's a pretty big one here, right? I think to be able to finish, what, 15th last year, if you can finish higher than that in the college football playoff rankings and, and, and win out the rest of the way, including the title game, it would be a big thing. This is a big game against a pretty good team in Liberty. Yeah, you know, Liberty's won 15 in a row at home. And, you know, I think this is kind of a, a little bit of a trap game uh, for the Cajuns because, you know, last week in the, with the win over Troy and with Coastal Carolina losing their game, the Cajuns now have clinched um, hosting the championship game. So that was a huge goal of the Cajuns this year. And they've accomplished it. Now they're going to go play a non-conference game on the road. But I'll tell you what Billy Napier is doing. He is playing the Vegas line this week with his team. He's already said in several interviews this week, we're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. We're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. So I think that's kind of the battle cry this week that maybe no uh, the teams get disrespected a little yeah. bit or, or, or whatever. All I know is um, he's he's trying to use that as motivation for this team this week. That's interesting, right, the, the disrespect sort of thing and the respect sort of manner. And, look, I, I think that's what's interesting about this because you got a school in Liberty that's about to join conferences. They're all excited. They're trying to show that they're, they're 
you know, arriving and should be taken uh, a certain way. And, and for the Cajuns, it's to prove that, look, we, we're already at this level and we're trying to take it to another level as well. You almost got two teams trying to prove something on Saturday, huh? Yeah, I do. I, I think so. This, um, you know, this Liberty team is seven and three. They have an inexplicable loss to ULM on their resume, but they played, you know, they played uh, Ole Miss to a two touchdown game. Uh, they lost their first game of the, of the year in a close game to Syracuse, but they've got a dynamic quarterback in Malik Willis. It's a kid that originally committed to Virginia Tech and then uh, wound up signing with Auburn and things didn't work out for him there. And so now, you know, he's, um, He's over at Liberty, and he had a great year last year uh, and has had another very, very good year this year. What do you see when, when you look at Willis here? Because well? I was just saying that we were trying to connect back with you. He, he and the quarterback from Nevada, like they, they're probably going to go one-two. It's not Corral. It's you know this this kid here a lot of people are looking at. And, and Scott Prather, while I was talking to him earlier in the week, he's like he kind of reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Anybody that's like that, I think the Cajuns need to worry about. Is, is he – that big a threat with his legs. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is the is the name I came up with as well. Oh. But I'll go even farther back. Um, you know, we had a guy by the name of Brian Mitchell who was an awfully good quarterback for the Cajuns back in the mid to late 80s. Had a great career as a kick returner uh, with the Washington Redskins. Uh, he's like Mitchell, except he's a better passer. Okay. So what, what do you think is the key here for the Cajuns? Well, you know, I think the key is the same just about every week, Gus. Run the football, stop the other team from running the football. And that's worked really, really well for the Cajuns. Heck, it works really, really well in college football, period. And so the Cajuns are going to have to run it, and they're going to have to contain Willis. They can't let Willis go and rush for 150 yards. If they do, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, so run the football, stop the run. I mean, that's it seems awfully simplistic, but it it works. I'm telling you, it works. Run the football, stop the run. <laughs> Easy enough. Thank you for battling the phone, sir, and giving us your time. Obviously, you're, you're busy, so I appreciate it, Jay. Oh, thank you, Gus. Sorry about the connection, no. and we'll do better next time. Not a problem, man. For sure. Take care. Safe travels as uh, you guys head on over to Virginia for football. And, of course, basketball continues as well. That is Jay Walker, voice of the Rage and Cajuns. Hour two like that is in the books. And, again, don't forget, you 